0: Bible reading this morning is John chapter 20, verses 1 to 18. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying as she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realise that it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her.
1: So shall we pray together? Father, we thank you for your word, which is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. And we pray that your Holy Spirit will be our teacher this morning and make us more like Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So a lady called Marjorie Cooper was a good friend of ours in Manchester. She got married at the end of the Second World War. But her husband was called up. She soon received the letter that she dreaded. And it said, Missing. Zoomed dead. She used to weep uncontrollably on Remembrance Sunday. And that reading that Pippa brought to her in verse 11 said, Mary stood outside the tomb crying, weeping. Why? Verse 13. They've taken my Lord away. And so Mary, like Marjorie, was numb with grief. She was in a daze. She'd watched her saviour die. She'd seen Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea take the body away from the cross, wrap it in spices, and carry it to the tomb. She wanted to add her own spices, so she'd risen early, only to find the tomb open and the body gone. So it's not surprising that we read in verse 11, she stood outside the tomb, crying, weeping. We know very little about her, except if we read in Luke 8, 2, that Jesus cast seven demons out of her. And whatever the nature of those demons Jesus had rescued Mary from a physical or a spiritual bondage that held her captive and had controlled her life. She followed Jesus out of gratitude. And she probably joined the disciples during Jesus' second mission through Galilee in the second year of his ministry. We do not know the precise nature of those seven demons Many have speculated. Was it epilepsy? Was it depression? Was it prostitution? Whatever the nature of those seven demons, she knew what it was to be forgiven. She knew what it was to be cleansed. She knew what it was to be at peace with God and therefore at peace with herself. There are many people like her. They've known God's love and their lives have changed dramatically. They've experienced the joy and the wonder and the excitement of following Jesus and simply couldn't do enough for him. But then comes the identity crisis. Then comes the broken relationship. Then comes the broken confidence. Then comes the broken heart. A loving relationship, a steady job. And it falls apart. So, what was certain is no longer certain. A heart broken in sorrow. Then the struggle with that crushing weight of depression or low self esteem. Like Mary, distracted, weeping bewildered. Do you know more time is lost at work through stress than the common cold? My granddad would have said that never have we been so affluent, never so insecure. And depression is horrible. And followers of Christ are not exempt. This devoted disciple was depressed because everything precious had been taken away. How did Mary find her way back? Well, here's the key. She didn't find him because he found her. John 20 and verse 16, Jesus said to her, Mary. Jesus knew her name. And like Mary, our Christian experience, absolutely real. You've probably witnessed an adult baptism and seen the joy and the tears of joy. As a bishop, I've seen it often in a confirmation service. I know Jesus loves me. I'm going to shout it to the world. That is real. But Christians can lose their way. It's all right. We can lose our way in doubt, can lose our way in depression can lose our way in bewilderment we can doubt ourselves and when we go through these times we may not know where to begin to look but here's the key Jesus is looking for us And he knows us by name. One of the great privileges of being a bishop, and it's overflowing with them, as your dad knows, is you have easy access into prison. They're often asking you to go into prison when you're a bishop. It's great. I remember one of the early days I was invited into Nottingham Prison and uh, They give you a tour, (laughs) and they tell you it's a better prison than anywhere else. (sighs) Until you've been to the others. I had a three-hour tour of the prison, and they told me how wonderful it was. The prisoners didn't quite say the same, to be fair. And anyway, at the end of this tour, I joined a Bible study of six prisoners who'd become Christians in prison through the ministry of the chaplaincy. Isn't that great? Talk about unseen work. And they're doing a little Bible study. And uh, they're about to finish. And they said something you should never say to a bishop. Have you got a word for us, bishop? (laughs) You don't do that twice. And I said, yeah, turn in your Bibles to the fourth gospel. Gospel. John's Gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. And Turn to chapter 3, and verse 16. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And I said, in turn, where it says the world, put your own name. Hmm? God so loved Jack, yeah, Bishop, you don't know what I've done. No, but Jesus does, and he still loves you. God so loved, Bert. yeah, but Bishop, you don't know what I've done. Yeah, but Jesus does, and he still loves you. God so loved, Henry, but Bishop, you don't know what I've done. Yeah, but Jesus does. And he still loves you. He knows you by name. He knows everything you've done. He still thought you were worth living for. And he still thought you were worth dying for. And he knows you by name. You may not think you're worthy, He does. You see, it's possible to look back in life and realize that the presence of Jesus was with you. He did carry us through the rough times. He did lead us through the joyful times. But the breakthrough is to realize that the risen Christ is with us now. And if he's with us now, he will travel with us into the future. And what was the first thing that Mary did when she moved on? John 20, verse 18. Pippa read it to us. I have seen the Lord This devoted disciple who was depressed was delivered and spoke of her Saviour. The risen Christ knew her name. And so I want to close, but just before I do, I just want you to do something for me. I want you to say to the person next to you, Albert, Bertha, whatever your name is. The risen Christ knows you by name. Will you do that? She didn't find him. Because he found her. The risen Christ knows you by name. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for Mary, for her story. Delivered, met Jesus, struggled. She didn't find him. He found her. And Father, thank you that in the joys and the real struggles of life, thank you that the risen Christ knows us by name. Amen.